Good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome to the chapel. We're so glad you're here. You hear that buzz? That's a church family connecting with each other. So glad you're here today. So um, if you're new to this church, we welcome you. I am not the pastor. Uh, I'm his wife. He happens to be away on uh, attending a conference in Redding, California. So anybody out there heard of Bethel Church or Bill Johnson? Uh, yeah, so he's out there getting all tanked up. He's with my son, Mark. They're out there and uh, in church there today at Bethel Church. So um, just excited about what God is doing in our lives and in our church uh, and glad you're a part of it. Glad you're here today. Are you ready to dive into the word? All right, well, let's do something first. Let's do something first. Um, you know, oftentimes we don't recognize the power of our words and what, how what we say matters and how our attitude um, by which we approach the word, how important that is to us. And so I'd like you just to say this after me. I'll be a step ahead of you. So we all want to be honest. If you don't mean it, don't say it. But if you mean it with all your heart, then just repeat after me. I honor your word, Lord. I love your word. I choose to make it my final authority. Whatever I see in your word, I will believe it. You ready for this? And do it. All right. I know you said that with with all your heart. So let's just have a minute to pray. I just saw you, uh, you know, just kind of peeked over my shoulder and saw people worshiping and uh, open hearts this morning. We're so grateful for our worship team and our sound people that bring us into the Lord's presence. Let's give them a big hand. So grateful for them. It just uh, really does prepare our hearts, quiets our hearts for from all the noise and clamor from the week. You ever have one of those weeks where there's a lot that was going on? And so just to come in and have a focus, that's what the worship time and music does for us. So let's pray. Father, we just uh, bring our hearts before you, and we just ask that you speak a fresh new word today. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to each person under the sound of my voice, that um, you would speak a personal word to each person. Lord, I thank you that you're always speaking um, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and a strange voice they won't follow. So, Lord, your voice will be familiar. It'll be uh, a sense of peace, a sense of being understood. And so we just thank you for that, and we welcome your voice today. Amen. We're going to talk today about hearing God. Are you ready? So he does always speak. Let's go to Revelation 3.20. We're going to look there first in Scripture. He's always speaking to us. Now let me ask you today, as we prepare our heart to hear, about hearing God's voice. If I were to ask you, what's the best place to live in the United States? If you're like me and you've lived in Texas all your life, uh, you might be kind of limited. I've traveled uh, some, and so I've been to a few other states, and so I might have an opinion here or there. What would you say about the best place to live? You know, whatever your response would be, here's the thing. The best place to live is in the plan of God. 
no matter where you're located, being in his plan. You know, hearing his voice in our lives is directly attached to the plan of God for our lives. Um, so it's important for us to recognize that he speaks in line with the plan that he's called us to. The best place to live is not a geographic location. Now, we might have an example today. Um, Alex and Nettie, our missionaries to Cambodia. You know, uh, Alex retired a few years ago. I think he was an engineer, and he retired, and then he was looking for ways to activate full-time in ministry. So now they're serving in Cambodia. They have a beautiful house here in Keller, and they're living in one of the most poverty-stricken areas in Cambodia. But they're in the plan of God, and they're happy there. It doesn't matter if you're in poverty. It doesn't matter what your check stub, your paycheck stub looked like last week. That's not where your happiness lies. You can have a, a, this amazing income, a beautiful home, and be racked with misery. So the plan of God and your quality of life are linked. They're linked. And God wants to speak to you today about that plan. He wants to talk to you. You know, parents, I encourage you, uh, first of all, if, if, you're, if you're raising children, whatever you hear on Sunday mornings, find a nugget, and you're going to teach that. You should teach that all week to your children. You know, if he's speaking something to us in our corporate body and he speaks a word to you about something, then you want to go home. What have we been hearing lately? John's been speaking about the blessing, and he's taken us back to Genesis and about the plan of God for man in general, overall. Now, not everybody's in that plan. We have to uh, make Jesus Lord of our lives. The Lord is not just pushing his plan on anybody. But John's been teaching about that and the blessing, and um, so then we want to go home and Say that, teach that to our children. Those of you that are raising children today, as we talk about the plan of God, if you've ever said to your child, honey, you can be anything you want to be. You're cute. You're smart. You can be anything you want to be. You want to go home today first and repent for that. Because what we know when we follow the Lord is we're not, we, we don't want to just be anything. We don't want to pursue our own way. Our very plan, our satisfaction is linked to discovering his plan. We're not going to make our own way. We're going to discover his plan. And you know what? That was in, in place before you were ever born. Your child, the best place for them is to find out how God wired them. How beautiful that is. It starts nowadays when they're very young saying, God made you a boy, sugar. God made you a boy. You will always be a boy. Men are strong. Men sometimes cry and they see a daddy that reinforces their manhood. Nowadays, part of parenting and discovering the plan of God for a child's life and helping them discover is to say, you sweet little girl, you're exactly the way God wired you. It's not just that you're weepy, you're sweet, baby. See, see, we want to find God's plan. Sometimes there's so much traffic and weirdness in the world around us, it can block the plan of God, and we don't even know if there is a plan. We want to make sure that we reconnect with God's Word and find out, Lord, what do you want for me? First of all, God speaks through, when we're talking about hearing Him, He speaks through His Word. So you can feel great about reading your chapter every day, about reading the Word. He's going to speak to you through that. And you know, you might, maybe you're sitting there and you think, He doesn't speak to me. He does. He does. There could be a lot of other things going on. Maybe you need to read that word out loud. If you're kind of finding yourself getting sleepy while you're reading or whatever, um, 
He speaks through his word, and it gives a vocabulary by which you can hear his spirit. He speaks through his written word to you. That's not just an ancient book, Hebrews 4. So let's look and see what Jesus is saying to the church. Are you part of the church? You are. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we'll share a meal together as friends. Let's look at a couple of things there. First of all, Jesus is talking to the church. He's talking to Christians. Do you find it interesting that he's outside knocking? Why is he not inside? You see, available to you, but you don't have to open the door. You and I as Christians, he's talking to Christians here. Can we hang on to and keep that verse there? Um, I'll just be talking about around it for a minute. So if you hear my voice is the next thing. First of all, it's, it's interesting that the Lord's knocking. And if he is today, he's knocking at the hearts of our, the doors of our heart today. And here's the first thing that he would speak today. First of all, if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, that's the first door. The door of salvation, where you would say, Lord, I need you. I need, I repent of my sins. My life is all crazy, and I want it to line up with your plan and your purpose. That's the first thing. In fact, there are no other doors open for his plan in your life if you don't first walk through that door. You know, sometimes we hear things and we think, well, you know, I'm not seeing people in my life, in my workplace. They're not opening the door. Remember, if they don't have Jesus in their heart, they're not going to. They're gonna, their lives are going to be crazy. We're talking to Christians here today, to believers. And Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice, that's the next thing. This is where we're going to harp on today. If you hear my voice, are we hearing his voice? Because we know, according to Jesus, He's always speaking. He has things to say to you about your life. You know, in the United States of America, there's the American dream to graduate college, get a great job, land a great job, a starter job, and then only go up from there, have a fabulous retirement, and then sit on the couch after 65. That is depressing. But that's often what we see, and that's what we're looking for. I'm telling you, the real joy in life comes by being active in his plan and his will. And I'm not excluding any retirees in the place. Everybody should be activated to follow him, to hear his voice, and to to be a part of his plan in your life, to actually have him at the center of his plan for your life. He says, if you hear my voice... And open the door. So there's two things. We can hear his voice and not open the door. What what would that look like? We hear a little bubbling up on the inside, and it's not what we want to hear. What would that be? Maybe we've gotten into, we'll say an area of sin. You know, people don't like to talk about about sin much anymore. It's like they got problems, but they're working on it. Or we they've got some issues, but, you know, they're working on it. Um, Well, here, if we hear the voice of God and we don't like it, you know, what if it is saying repent? Maybe we can hear, uh, all right, I want the blood of Jesus to wash me clean, but I don't want to repent, which means to change and go in a different direction. And so we'll be like, I don't want to hear that voice. Listen, his plan for you is always good, and it's rooted in your destiny. It's rooted in how he wired you to be. So if you hear my voice, and then what? 
and open the door. Okay, Lord, I heard you on that. I heard you. I heard that you're calling me in a, in a new way to walk in, in love like I never have before at home, at home with my wife. Lord, I know you're asking me to do this, to do that. And so not only do we hear it, but we open the door. Jesus responds by saying, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Great, great things happen when we open the door to God. Um, if you're new to the things of God, again, I encourage you, first of all, sit right there where you are. Uh, Kristen uh, led us in a prayer of salvation. So if you followed that, then you're in and you can hear the, the rest of this, which is all about the plan of God, hearing his voice connected to the plan of God for your life. You know, when John's been talking out of the book of Genesis, he took us to Adam and Eve and he told us, uh, gave us some instruction and some information about how God planned for Adam and Eve to be fruitful and their, their fruitfulness to fill the whole earth, remember? And how he gave them dominion and that was all before they fell. Then they sinned and missed the plan of God for, for their lives, but God never went anywhere. He still had the same plan and he does for you too. So with Adam and Eve, we know that God, one thing I want, you, I want to connect to uh, what we've been learning about the blessing. With, with Adam and Eve, when God said, I will bless you, which means to increase, to, here's what blessing means, to empower, to prosper, and succeed. If you've never heard that, you might want to write it down in your device, do something with it. To, empowered to prosper and succeed, that's the blessing. Oftentimes we'll think, well, if he blesses me, you know, uh, we have all these spiritual weird things, you know, that we're going to uh, be strange. You know, everybody around us is going to be, woo or whatever. There'll be some sort of a halo. The blessing of God is actually to make you prosper and succeed. Why? Because there's more to the blessing than just you. He wants that to splash out on others. He wants you to be so whole and well. He wants you to have experienced healing in your body to the fact that you know it's for others as well. And then you become an agent of the blessing of God in your life. Isn't that exciting? And so what God did in the Garden of Eden was say, I bless you and I want you to be fruitful and multiply and fill the whole earth, not just with babies. That was only a part of it. But if you're hoping for a baby today, that's part of it for you. So, Lord, I receive. You can just say that right where you are. I receive. That baby's on the way. So that is part of it. He wants you to be blessed in your family line and all of that. But then also there's more to that. And that means your gifts, your talents to be a blessing in the body of Christ, to be a blessing in the earth. And do you know what? God provided resources, more resources. John just tapped on it last week about how the Bible says that there was onyx and gold and all of this in the Garden of Eden. God gave them resources. At that point, they didn't even need it before the fall, right? They had the, everything they needed, climate control, a snack from any tree anytime they wanted it, except that one. And so there was everything they needed at any time. God provided resources. And that's the same for you and me. When God gives us a plan, when he places something in our lives for us to do, there's resourcing behind that. He doesn't expect you to do that all yourself. He will provide resources. Resources are connected to the plan. You know the um, myth, no, lie, the lie out there that there's all this overpopulation. God did not make a world for his inhabitants that could not sustain them. 
He's way smarter than that. There is no overpopulation. There's no overpopulation. When you hear that on the news or your kids are in the room say, that's crazy, that's not even true. We have not even begun to discover the resources that are on this planet. So when God has a plan, when he tells you about a plan for something that he wants you to do, there is resourcing behind it. He will provide in that way. His plan, how? What, what parts of his plan? Well, there's a plan for you to be saved. That's the first door. There's a plan for your family. There's a plan for your family to walk in goodness. Maybe you're here today and you're raising children and you, you know, what people say out there, you know, the, the buzz. Well, you just wait. They're, you know, they're toddlers, right? They're like two and three and people are like, ooh, terrible twos. And wait till they get to be teenagers. See, all of the stuff about family that's out there is really crazy. You want to buy into that. You want to connect into the plan of God for your life and your family. And even if you do have a child that's off off track, rebellious, whatever, you want to find out what God says about the blessing of family and believe his words. Because part of his plan for your life includes your family. I am so glad. I'm so glad. You know, when God called John and I to pastor when we were in our 20s, um, I, I just felt like what an honor it was for our children to be born into a ministry family. And people will say things like, it's hilarious what people say. But anyway, they'll say things like, wow, you know, the pastor's kids are among the worst of the kids in the church. Or they'll say things like, uh, not you guys, um, but they'll say things like, um, wow, raising a kid and Kind of, it's like living in a glass house when you're pastors. Everybody's watching you and all this scrutiny. I'm thinking, well, what would I be doing that they shouldn't see? But anyway, there's all this craziness that the world will say, but I'm here to tell you the plan of God for your life is the best plan. And it includes your family members. What about your calling where your career is concerned? He has a plan for you, and it includes what you do day in, day out with your skills. What about your church? The calling of God on your life includes serving in your church body. Now, um, in serving in in a church body, um, I know what he's called me to do in this church, oversee ministries, and then periodically John asked me to preach, and there are other things that I know that he's called me to do. But what are you supposed to do in serving? Now, serving looks different than coming to church because this is where you get blessed. You're blessed to sit out there. That's not service. Service is different. Service is activating your gifts to be a blessing in the body of Christ. So what has he called you to do in that area? We're here to discover his plan. Let's look at 1 Kings 17. I want to give you an example of a man. His name is Elijah. So um, 1 Kings, 1 Kings 17, verses 1 through 13. We're going to look there together. Um, this is a great example of what I just mentioned to you a minute ago. Within God's plan, when he calls you for something, he will provide, okay? So, um, again, I, I just want to, I, I feel a little bit in my heart, I'm thinking, I just hope that you, you really receive what I said, that he has a, a plan for your life. I, I want to go back to that. Do you know he loves you? He has a plan for your life. If you've devalued yourself, if you said, what could I do? And you're listening to a bunch of stuff, uh, pictures maybe that the enemy's holding up about your past. I want you to let go of that today. And as I talk about the plan of God for your life, will you just dare to have an open slate before him? 
You know, if we don't, first of all, trust that he loves us, we will not hear his plan. We'll think he's just trying to change me. He's just trying to put a square peg in a round hole. He would never do that. Part of how you're wired will never be fully satisfied and fulfilled without his plan, without connecting to his plan. Are you ready? If, you, if you're ready, then you'll be able to receive what you hear about the prophet Elijah and see yourself in the story. See yourself and where you fit. God wants to speak a personal word to you about your location and your workplace. What are you called to do? What impact are you called to make? And for some of you, don't be afraid if, it, if he's, he gives you a picture in your mind or a thought about a career change. You don't have to change tomorrow. He'll get you there. That's part of the fun of the faith walk. He'll maneuver you. You just have to say yes. Oftentimes, he'll show you the end, and then you're right back over here. And you've got to believe him for those steps along the way and stay in tune with him. He likes it that way. So don't be afraid to say yes if it's too big. Don't be afraid to say yes if it's something that you never thought of before. Just be open. Okay, so let's read about Elijah. Elijah, who was from Tishbe in Gilead, told King Ahab, As surely as the Lord... The God of Israel lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. I'd like to say something about Elijah, who was a prophet uh, in, in ancient periods. The prophets in the Old Testament were often very connected to political figures. They had a voice to the king. The king often didn't like what, if they were pagan kings, they might not like what the prophets said. But they would listen because there was a group of people that just really trusted in the prophets. And they would feel like they had to acquiesce in some way. And so you see that dance a bit in the political world in the Old Testament where the prophets had the voice, their voices were heard by the leaders. And so um, when we're talking here, you just, I want you to recognize the weightiness of what Elijah said to King Ahab when he says, it's not going to rain. He's pronouncing a sentence. What was the sentence all about? Well, these people offered live sacrifices. It'd be their, their babies being offered up on pagan altars as live sacrifices. Very similar to what we do, uh, not you and I, but what, the, what happens in the nation with abortion. Just a different, uh, different look on it. And so there was this, uh, God was not pleased. And had, he always gives warning. Hear me? He always gives warning. Think about this in verse 1. If Ahab would have said, I repent as the authority figure. I repent for all the idolatry, for having our children walk through the fire, for offering our firstborn on, an, uh, on a uh, pagan altar as a live sacrifice. I repent. We know God is a God of mercy, and I believe this would have looked differently. But Elijah gives him the warning, and then it says, Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the east and hide by the brook Kareth, near where it enters the Jordan River. Okay, let's move on. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside Kareth, east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. Say miracle. Let's hear it. miracle. 
miracle. Here's a time of famine, and what does God say? I'm talking to you about provision and direction to the plan of God. God was had Elijah oftentimes speak. He was doing lots of preaching and teaching to all these pagan groups of people and trying to keep the the Jewish people in line with their true roots. For our parallel, it would be preaching to the church. Preaching to the Christians is a parallel that we could take from Elijah. We're just trying to keep them from integrating with a, a, a pagan society and letting some of their morals go by the wayside. So Elijah is, he, the Lord tells him, now that you've spoken to Ahab, probably we see in other places about with Elijah interacting with Ahab and his evil wife, um, Jezebel, that we see that there, his life was in danger after saying this. So the Lord takes him and he says, I want you to go out to Kareth and I want you to camp there. I'm going to provide. And he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to provide through the ravens. Now, here's the thing we see in Scripture that the ravens actually brought him food in the morning and in the evening. Here he is by this brook with fresh water in a time of horrible famine, really bad famine. And so that meat was there each morning. It says the ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. So where did the ravens get that meat, you wonder? What about if every day in Ahab's household, that's the best eating all around with the king's house, in come these ravens, and they take the best of the mincemeat pie, and off they go, and it's, here it comes, and it lands right there for Elijah. I don't know where the ravens got the food, but twice a day they brought him food to eat, and it sustained him. Here he was. He was out there at the brook. What if, first of all, let's just look at how Elijah heard the voice of God and obeyed. What if he would have said, oh, yeah, Lord, I'm not the camping type. I think I'll stay here in town. And um, the ravens, the Lord told him, the provision was out there at the brook. His safety was at the brook of Kareth. God's plan for you, you want to embrace it because your fulfillment, your very sustenance, the best things in your life happen when you're in his plan. So here is Elijah out there. He was sustained for many days by the ravens at the brook of Kareth. What if he would have said, I don't think I will. I think I'm just going to do it my way. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, you don't leave a church without asking the Lord. It's vital that you know you stay where he plants you. You don't leave a job just willy-nilly because you got mad at your boss. You stay there until he tells you what's next. And he may tell you, I want you out right away. He may open a door here or there. But we want to make sure that we're following God's voice in every area of our life. Listen, if you're praying every day, Lord, I want your plan and purpose. We may reword that in different ways. Lord, this is the day you've made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in what you've called me to do and my family and all of that. See, those are ways that every day you're thinking about the plan. Lord, what do you want for me? What's your plan for me? What would you call me to do? His provision was at the brook Cherith. In the, uh, in the U.S. often, you'll hear things like, well, I can live wherever I want. I can do what I, whatever I want. And you can. You know, there's that level of freedom here. But you don't want to as a Christian. You want to offer your life to the Lord and say, what do you want? What do you want? I connect to your perfect plan and purpose for me. What do you want? You'll be so glad you did. His plan attached to it is provision. 
in verse 5, we see that it says, after a while, the brook dried up. And so, yes, there it is at the end there. But after a while, the brook dried up, for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. Now, um, things were beginning to change. Elijah had a sense when the brook dried up, God's going to do something different. I'm sure he was thinking, okay, what's next? And he's praying, and, and so he hears from God again. You know, whenever God speaks to you, it doesn't mean that's the last thing. Maybe you're thinking, last time God spoke to me was years ago. He wants to constantly be tweaking his plan, adjusting things in you. And a lot of times when he's speaking to me about things, I mean, it's a lot more simple. It's not all that uh, dynamic. It will be in the area of, Gwen, I want you to clear your calendar today and go have lunch with one of your kids. Sometimes he says that to me, I'm like, huh. And I know that I'm just supposed to go and sit in their house and be a min- agent of ministry to my children. Sometimes I'll know that he wants me in my work, uh, my full-time job that I do. I want you to call this person. I want you to call that person. Um, and I have my plans, right? God is okay with your checklist. So you've got to be organized. You've got to have your checklist. But every day we're checking in with him. Lord, is there anything on here? Because uh, we, what we want to know is that we're being led by him. So let's say that he wants to protect you against uh, maybe an eight-car pileup on I-35. You want to hear that voice of protection, don't you? God told Elijah to go and to the brook Cherith, and he would protect him out there when he's camping that he hid him from all of the, the uh, terrible things happening in the economy. He provided for him. And so in the same way, God wants to give you direction, and he may say to you, don't, don't take that, uh, that Uber, you know? I want you to wait. Don't do that. Reschedule in an hour. Or he may say, don't take this route. Go another way. And your protection is in that. We want to get so used to hearing his voice that it becomes just a part of things. Does that sound weird to you? I don't want it to sound weird because as we move further and further into uh, this world, you know, we live in it, and it's a dangerous place. There's a lot going on. You and I can stay hidden and protected in his plan, just like Elijah did. So let's move on. It says that um, after after this, in verse 6 probably it is, it says, "Then Elijah, Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go now. So he's telling him to leave. And notice that he hears the Lord, and then what does he do? He'll act. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went. That's amazing. That is amazing. You know, he just, he's taken off. What, what could he have done? Lord, really, a widow? You know, I'm, I'm not going to be beholden to somebody. No, no. Uh, He just went. So he goes to the widow at Zarephath. It says, as he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks. And he asked her, would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called to her, bring me a bite of bread too. What went on from there? I don't know if they have the rest of that up there. But here's what happened. She did actually do. We see now two people obeying. Elijah the prophet. Now, it might have been a little easier for him to obey because he just saw God provide for him at the brook Cherith. 
uh, careth. But then we see here this lady is, she doesn't know him, and she follows. She actually, whenever Elijah says to her, go get me a drink, and would you bring me a bite of food too? She said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. First of all, that shows us that she doesn't really know the Lord, that Elijah knows. That's amazing too. The Lord is stepping into her life through the manifest presence of Elijah. He wants to do no less in your life. When you show up in places, he, you are the answer that many people need. For hope, that's why we have to have this going on. You know, people like to be, people like to be around Jesus. Children like to be around Jesus. He was not a grumpy pants if, if people flock, if children flock toward him. So we, we've got to have this action going on that we're trusting God, that we're believing him, and that we're ready to embrace people around us. And you might be thinking, what if they ask me for money? Give them some. It goes on to say, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in my house and, the only, and only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will die. Why? It's a great, great famine. No food anywhere. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. What's he saying? He's saying some of the things I'm saying to you today. Don't be afraid of the plan of God. Don't be afraid of obeying what he puts in your heart, what he's saying to you. Don't be afraid. Go ahead and just do what you've said, but make a little bread for me first. Okay, many people would have been out on that one. Really? You're going to have her feed you first? She's got a, a, a child, and she's a single mom, and she's a widow. Really? What Elijah was doing was inviting her in to the covenant, inviting her in to doing things God's way. Then use what's left. He promises a little something here to her, doesn't he? He says, just make me a, a little cake first, but there'll be some left. There'll be something for you. Listen, God never asks you, even if it's in giving, he never asks you to do something that's not for your good. His plan is the best plan. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for you and your son. We're not going to read the rest of this, but I am going to hit the, the rest of the chapter for you. You know what happens? This lady's little boy dies sometime later. He dies, and she's like, oh. she goes to the prophet who she's sustaining, the oil and the meal and that, that uh, flour, the flour in the jar, the jug of oil. It did not stop producing, and so they have food for many, many days in a drought. God can take care of you in any economy, in any economy, if you'll just listen and obey him. And so here we were, and we see that this, this uh, lady, her... Uh, her son dies, and she tells the prophet, my son's passed. I, 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 would you help me? And Elijah goes upstairs. The Bible says he raises that boy from the dead. What if way back when she's picking sticks, he says, hey, can you give me a drink of water? No, I'm not getting you a drink of water. You know, what if she, what if she had not responded and listened to that voice? Sometimes the voice of God will come through your pastor. Sometimes the voice of God will come through the written word. Sometimes the voice of God will come through a, another trusted avenue. What if she had not listened to that voice? Her very life was at stake. Her son's life was at stake. His plan for you is good. Say yes. 
So I, I think it's fascinating that uh, God didn't say to Elijah, I'll send you to a wealthy woman. I'll send you, you know, he didn't line out some big uh, beautiful plan, but it was a beautiful plan. There may be some things in your life. What is God speaking to you? You know, oftentimes the plan of God is connected to desires that we have. To desires that we have. Maybe you are wired for business. If you're sensing something where God's calling you to business, and maybe you, you, things don't look the way in your own personal life, you don't know when you'll be able to launch that business or whatever, I encourage you today, his provision is connected to his plan. And I'm asking you to pick up some of those things that maybe you've lost sight of, um, some things that maybe they're, they were dreams maybe that you had three or four years ago. Maybe you're, think, you're sitting there today and you're thinking, I've really never thought about checking in with God about his plan for my life. You're in the right place. That can just start anytime. That can start today. So I, what I'd like to do is just take a few minutes. And you remember I told you that, that I wanted, uh, early on I prayed, and we talked about how you even had a confession. Lord, I agree that your word is final authority in my life. I want to give you a few minutes now, and I want us just to sit for a second, and I want you to just ask the Lord. Ask the Lord. And when, if you feel like, you know, Gwen, I know he's not going to talk to me because I got way off uh, track. I'm off track with him. I know he's not going to speak to me. That's not true. If there's something you need to repent of, go ahead. Now, listen to me. If you already repented of that ten times, then that's just shame. That's just shame. That's different. You don't need to keep repenting. You say, Lord, you know that thing that keeps coming up? It stings still, and I know that shame. I bring that to you and I ask you to 